This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 145, episode 145 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some awesome podcasts like Boston in Common with Joe Maz, those girls you know, the Marky P Show, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, I'm the promoter, he's the DJ, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, Burnt Toast, It's Always Something with JD, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, and 30 Flirty and Surviving. You can also check out Big Night Breaks. They do live sports card breaks on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, every single night of the week with Maddie V. And you can also go check out the card vault down at Patriot Place. And don't forget, you can also go to the Big Night Media Instagram page every Tuesday for your chance to win free tickets at Big Night Live. Thanks to Timmy Ticket Tuesdays. I heard that kid Timmy's a really good kid. And you can also go get your Banner Banter podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Click on the Big Night Media tab, click Banner Banter, and purchase yourself a lovely Christmas gift. And speaking of Christmas, if you do celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Christmas is this weekend. I'm not the biggest Christmas guy, bah humbug. But I know a lot of people are mildly obsessed with it, so enjoy it. And if you don't celebrate it, I hope you and your family are staying safe during these crazy times that we are currently living in once again. All right, let's talk about some Boston Celtics basketball, shall we? Let's recap last week, give you the current standings. I have some thoughts on last week. We'll obviously do sudden dud of the week and then preview the upcoming week for the Boston Celtics, who have three games this week. So. Last week, the Celtics beat the Milwaukee Bucks 117 to 113. I'm sorry, 117 to 103. Don't want to make it to look that close because they actually blew them out, which was great to see. They unfortunately lost to the Golden State Warriors 111 to 107, and then they beat the New York Knicks 114 to 107, which means this 16 out of 22 game homestand thingamabob. They're currently 2 and 1. So we'll take it. It could have been a bad week for the Celtics, but they came out on a good side of it. They are currently 15 and 15. They are 8th place in the Eastern Conference. They are 3 um yeah, 3 games out of the 5th seed. Two and a half games out of no, wait. Let me say that again. They are 4 games out of the 2 seed and then they are two and a half games out of the 5th seed, which is great. The negative part is they are literally only two games out of the 12th seed, which is crazy. So right now the Washington Wizards are half a game up on the Hornets, the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Raptors, which are spots 7, 8, 9, 10. And the Wizards are kind of showing who they really are. They're kind of like coming back to life. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. So the Celtics win today. Uh... 
I believe they'll move up to the seventh seed because I think the Wizards, the next Wizards game got postponed or something like that. I can't keep track of it. So right now, Celtics currently the eighth seed, 15 and 15. This week, they are playing the Philadelphia 76ers and the Cleveland Cavaliers at home at TD Garden. Both games are at 7.30 p.m. if the NBA doesn't postpone the games due to COVID. The 76ers and the Cavs each have had minor breakouts and may not have enough players to play in the game. You need a minimum of eight players to play in the game for the NBA. With the amount of injuries the 76ers have as well, it could be very tough for them to do that. And I'll explain about or I'll talk about that later on in the podcast. The Celtics had to sign Josh Jackson from the G League. Kid went to UNC. I think he was a mid I think he was like drafted fourteenth or fifteenth in the two thousand seventeen NBA draft. And you may have more guys coming their way on ten day contracts while some of these Celtics players recover from COVID. Like here's the list. Sam Hauser, Hernan Gomez, Horford, Jabari Parker, Thomas, and number twelve. Romeo is questionable with a neck injury. Tatum has a left ankle sprain. He's also questionable. And Dennis Schroeder is out due to a non-COVID illness. Now, my thoughts on this whole COVID-19 situation and, you know, what the NBA is doing, I kind of see it from both sides. I see it from the sides where they just need to shut it down. Let, you know, take 10 days off, shut it down, let all the teams get healthy, let them spend time with their families, keep testing the way that they've been testing and kind of go from there. I also understand the fact why the NBA wants to keep things going. Arguably the most important day of the NBA season is Christmas day. It's where they get their most ratings. Everyone watches the NBA. It's kind of like football, Thanksgiving, basketball, Christmas. That's the way it works. And I understand that the NBA doesn't want to try and reschedule more games, which push the schedule back because they really want to stay on track with the schedule that they really have. And Unfortunately, money is everything these days, so from the NBA side of things, I can see what they're doing. They are making the proper adjustments where you're allowed to sign a bunch of G League players, you're allowed to sign other free agents to make sure that you have enough players playing, but at the same time, is it worth it? I don't know if it is, but I don't know. It's it's just very weird. It's just very weird. It's I'm glad I'm not Adam Silver. It's a tough call because he wants his players safe. He wants them to be healthy. He obviously wants the players' family and friends to be healthy as well. So I don't. And with the holidays coming up, you're going to see a lot of family. Going to see a lot of friends. You don't know what they're doing. Some of the players are vaccinated. Some of them are not. It's very weird. I'm glad I'm not in that position. I'm glad the NBA is still around, but at the same time, if it does get shut down, I'm not going to be one of those people that are going to be very angry about it because I'd rather, I don't want to see Jason Tatum um, with an inhaler again. I know he, I'm pretty sure he still uses it, but you get what I'm saying. So that's that. I'm not going to dive deep into it. Not my chair, not my problem. I just hope all the players, their families, and friends are safe. All right. What else? Oh, yeah. The other game that the Celtics have this week, Christmas Day, 2.30 p.m. against the Milwaukee Bucks. So three games this week, two at home, one on the road, and then they play one game next week on the road, and then the rest are all at home too. So not too shabby. All right, let's talk about last week real quick. First thing that comes off the page, the return of Jalen Brown, which is a very good thing. Jalen is shooting 52% on pull-up three-pointers this year, and his three-point shooting has improved immensely, which has been great for the team. It really and truly has. He's It's something that he focused on, and I'm glad that he has, for sure. I mean... And he also just opens up the floor for Tatum and Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart to drive to the rim, drive and dish, or get to the free throw line. It's a great thing. But arguably one of the most important things, and I know we haven't had this all season, so get ready to go, but one of the most important things this season, Jalen Brown had 
two five assist game this week which means it's time for Jalen Brown dance party and if you're just listening to the podcast for the first time welcome every single time Jalen Brown has five assists or more we have a little dance party so why don't we just hit the music and start dancing okay now you can sense it feels so like him coming back from the injury he just feels so much better you can sense that he just feels so much more comfortable out there post hamstring injury like i don't want to say that like he shouldn't have played a few weeks ago because i'm glad that he did but like he just it it night and day difference now because of his return i really think that helped tatum go 16 to 25 from the field 7 to 13 from three and finish with like 41 or 42 points versus the milwaukee bucks that was huge because now they have now the other teams can't just focus on tatum or schroeder now it's like okay who are we going to double team? Who are we going to handle? Should we go to a 2-3 zone? But if Jason has the ball in the middle of the key, Jalen can cut back door or get a screen and go into the corner and Tatum can find him because Tatum's passing has improved this season as well. He's He loves passing the ball into the corner when he has trouble getting in the lane. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it is what it is. And Jalen is doing, a, I mean, just... The three games that he's been back, he's just been doing a solid job. Now, he wasn't that great in the Warriors game. That's fine, whatever. He's not going to be perfect every single night. But his defense is so important, and it's gotten so much better because Jalen can switch, and Ime likes switching on defense, and he can defend any position. He did a real nice job versus Julius Randle in the next game on Saturday, and I'm just really happy that he's back. I mean, any Celtics fan that's not happy that Jalen Brown's back is not a Boston Celtics fan in any way, shape, or form. Now, some other things that kind of stuck out to me uh, over the week was the energy level in the first quarter of the Warriors game. Oh, my God, did that suck core stick. Oh, my God, that was uh, horrific. I mean, how do you not get amped up for an ESPN game against the best team in the league that you only see once a year? I mean, it's Steph Curry. I mean, they did a horrible job when Steph Curry and Draymond Green went on the floor. I think at one point... The Warriors were like a plus seven or a plus eight with Steph Curry and Draymond Green on the bench. That's not that's not how you win at all. The Warriors just destroyed Cantor off the pick and roll. Their bench guys hit some big shots. So to you know, tip of the cap to you. Uh, but they also got killed on the boards. You know, obviously Horford and number twelve not being around doesn't really help. But hey, they did fight back in classic Celtics fashion and took the lead at one point after going on a 27-14 run, which was delicious. But guess what? They still can't finish a fucking game. Their late game execution fucking sucks. It's awful. Why can't they finish? I don't understand. I just don't understand. It's like you could explain to me, like, I don't know, how to create, I don't know, uh, a Tesla. You could be like, this is, here are all the parts, here are the instructions, go create a Tesla. I could probably figure that out better than why the Celtics can't finish a fucking fourth quarter. It's absolutely insane. Now, with that being said, they did finish the fight versus the Knicks on Saturday night, but the Knicks also had a little COVID spread too, so I'm not really impressed by that. The Knicks game should have been a blowout. They let them come back into the game after a horrific, horrific Start of the third quarter. And the Celtics have been pretty good coming out of halftime this year. No doubt about it. But this was bad, 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 bad. I mean, Kemba Walker went off. Of course he did. Evan Fournier went off. Of course he did. It was crazy that they couldn't do this with us, right? Everyone's saying that. Classic. Classic. But Kemba Walker made one of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, Evan Fournier 
who was lights out in this game, he was hitting shots left and right, took a jumper in the lane, landed on his ankle, screamed in pain. Kemba had five fouls on him. Kemba didn't know that he had five fouls on him. And as it's, I, I, I guess you could say, like common courtesy, uh, you to help out a teammate, maybe get a quick little breather, maybe have the training staff run over and look at the player, you go in and you foul someone. But when Kemba fouled, he fouled out of the game because he had five fouls and he was gone. That was just so stupid. It was, just, it was just so freaking stupid. Now, with that being said, I said to myself in the moment, oh, my God, that was one of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen. And then I said, no, 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 no. Why don't we talk about the dumbest foul we've actually ever seen, which was what happened with Marcus Smart at halftime of the Boston Celtics game against the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. Marcus Smart, with one second left, tried to contest a Steph Curry half-court shot. Now, you might say to yourself, I don't blame him for doing that. I really don't. Because, well, Steph Curry can hit a shot from anywhere. He could be in the parking lot and make a shot. But you fly, but you jumping towards a shooter like Steph Curry, even if you just made the tiniest little cutie little nick of contact, they're going to call a foul. And guess what they did? And then Ime got pissed off, and he got a technical. Actually, Ime also got a technical in the Knicks game. So now he's gotten back-to-back technicals. Good for you, coach. Way to go. Way to show that fire. And now you're giving Steph Curry... Four free throws, and oh wait, he made all four. And what do you know? The Celtics lost by four. Now, is that the is that the reason why the Celtics lost by four? No, but it's pretty freaking stupid that Marcus Smart would do that. Like, just jump away from him, like to the right. Don't jump directly at him. Steph Curry's smart enough. He knows what to do to get an official's call. Earlier in the game, he made a three-pointer, stuck out his leg. It should have been an offensive foul, but they still... I uh, think, yeah, that's how Jalen Brown picked up a second foul, I believe. It went in. Shot went in. He Four-point play. It's absolutely ridiculous. Steph Curry can do that. Stupid, 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 stupid play by Marcus Smart. Now, with that being said, Marcus did have a very good game shooting the ball. 19 points, 8 assists. Six rebounds, so it wasn't all that bad for Marcus, but oh my god. Oh, what a, oh, just thinking about it. That was such a dumb fucking foul. Anyways, the last thing that I noticed this week, folks, I I know Weird Celtics Twitter may get after me. I don't even think anyone from Weird Celtics Twitter listens, which probably is a good thing. But anyways, Aaron Neesmith is better than Romeo Langford. Aaron Neesmith needs to play more than Romeo Langford, and I know I've said that plenty of times before. Now, Romeo Langford has had shit luck, no doubt about it. Romeo Langford got the start um, in the Golden State Warriors game, and he took a tough elbow from Draymond Green, which was, you know, unintentional. And I don't blame him for having a stiff neck and being sore and all that, but it just seems like it's always something with this kid. And uh, again, it's just shit luck, but Aaron Neesmith can rebound better, plays with more energy, he's a better shooter. I just think he has more potential than Romeo Langford. Now, he didn't shoot that well versus the Knicks, but he was a plus 5 and had 7 rebounds. Love that. And the Warriors game, plus 7, 11 points. Love that. That's What else do you want from a bench player, especially a young bench player? Make your shots, get some rebounds, show us some effort, and be a positive. Huh, simple as that. But, unfortunately, Jason Tatum or Aaron Neesmith aren't going to win Sudden Dud of the Week. Someone else's. So let's hit the music. And now, it is time. For the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. 
Okay, your episode 145 stud and dud of the week. The stud for me is Josh Richardson. No doubt about it. Josh Richardson has been extremely underappreciated by Boston Celtics fans this year, I think. Now, did he, he didn't get off to a great start. No doubt. I'll agree with you. But he's been late as of, as of, <laughs> I was literally just going to say he's been late as of great. He's been great as of late. Way to speak English, Tim. Happy Monday. Um, listen, he can get rebounds. He can bring the ball up. He can create space to get his shots. He's a good free throw shooter, too. He scored 27 points versus the Knicks. He, that was the Celtics' leading scorer, Josh Richardson, off the bench. He had 15 versus the Warriors, off the bench. Now, unfortunately, he's back in COVID protocols, which sucks because he was really in a good, like uh, I felt like a very good rhythm in these last couple games. But if Josh Richardson can play at the level that he has played over the last couple games, which earned him episode 145, sudden dead of the week, the Celtics can be scary because if Jason Tatum gets into foul trouble, Jalen Brown gets into foul trouble, and you need some scoring, you know that Josh Richardson can get it, just like Dennis Schroeder can get it for you, which is why they sign those guys. Now, it's also probably why they might get traded at the trade deadline too. But Josh Richardson did a great job this week Stepping in, fulfilling a role with so many guys out with non-COVID illnesses, injuries, COVID, whatever the case may be. So bravo to Josh Richardson. He was absolutely terrific in the Knicks game. You know, just watching him play that game, he he can just play multiple positions, which is something that I think, you know, Brad Stevens likes, you know, as a general manager. But I think Ime likes as well, where Josh Richardson can get a rebound and literally just take the ball up and set up the offense instead of finding an outlet, you know. Unfortunately, there are times where Peyton Pritchard was out there with him, and Peyton Pritchard kind of looked uncomfortable not bringing the ball up, but you need an NBA veteran like that that can do a lot of those things, and Josh Richardson did that for the Celtics this week. And in the dud of the week, unfortunately, and because of that, we're not going to have Cantor banter, is it's Ennis Cantor Freedom. Uh, Freedom was not very good on defense. His defense is so bad, folks. His pick-and-roll defense is even worse. He, I mean, listen, he scored some points, he got some rebounds, cute, adorable, congrats on the sex. But him being on the floor versus a fast team like the Warriors just ain't a great look. And listen, I get it. The Celtics were shorthanded this week, but I mean, Bruno Fernando has to be a little bit better, right? I mean, there's no way Bruno Fernando's feet aren't made of bricks because Ennis Cantor can't move. He can't go side to side. He can box out, jump, and throw an outlet pass. That's what Ennis Cantor can do. And listen, his footwork, three feet from the hoop, when he has the ball in his hands, is obviously very good as well. But Ennis Cantor, Ennis Freedom, Freedom Cantor, whatever his name is now, just the dud of the week. Dud of the week. His defense, so bad. He, ugh. It just shows how much Al Horford and number 12 were missed because, like, number 12 could probably match up with Draymond. Or uh, that kid Moody, who was who looked very good for them, the uh, SEC freshman of the year last year. He looked very, very good. Um, but no Horford, no number twelve, and to rely on such a three point, a heavy three point shooting team like the Warriors, Ennis Freedom can't get out there and defend shots. He he just can't do it. Ugh. Anyways, all right. So the upcoming week. Listen, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to see who we're going to see, who the Celtics is going to have. With all this COVID stuff going on right now, it's spreading like wildfire. And just not within the NBA and the NFL too, and across the country. Even if you don't play sports, it's it's everywhere. So it's tough to kind of 
preview any of the games because I could be like, hey, we have to watch out for this player and make sure he doesn't do X, Y, and Z. But I could get a tweet from Woj right now saying, hey, he's in health and safety protocols. So it's very weird. And I <laughs> I don't know. So here's the situation. The 76ers have, <laughs> and this is crazy, Drummond, Powell, Springers, Korkmaz, and Niang all out for COVID. Danny Green, hip injury. Maxi, quad injury. Joel Embiid, ankle injury. And those last three guys I mentioned are all day today. So Green, Embiid, and Maxi could all play tonight, or they could not. Which then means if any of those guys don't play, and with Ben Simmons already out as well, they're going to have to sign a G-leaguer to make sure that they have enough guys to play. And the, I don't know, it's just so weird. Now, the Cavaliers, Valentine, Windler, Stevens, Allen, Mobley, and Okuru, all out with COVID. Now, Allen, all-star of a season. Mobley, possibly rookie of the year. Okuru, playing so much better. Those guys are all out. Now, the Bucks have Giannis, Bobby Portis, and Wesley Matthews all out with COVID. Middleton might be out depending on how his hyperextended left knee is, which is an, or right knee. I've, either way, he has a hyperextended knee, which is an issue for him during the Celtics game last week. So he's done. So it, I, 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 uh, like, I don't know what to say, like, and how to preview this. Now, if, obviously, if the 76ers have enough guys to play, Joel Embiid's out there, but he's going to have to play a lot of minutes, and we all know that Joel Embiid's not in the greatest shape in the world, so I guess advantage Celtics there, but then the disadvantage is they don't have Al Horford, and you got to stop him, and who's going to do that? You know, no offense to Rob. Rob can't be physical with, uh, Joel Embiid, that's not going to be a thing. Sorry, folks. But, like, I don't know. Just don't let their shooters get going. I mean, you know, Tobias Harris, Danny Green if he plays, um, Seth Curry, not Steph, but Seth Curry, he's a hell of a shooter. Now, if Tatum doesn't play with his left ankle sprain because he's questionable, Jalen's going to have to be prepared for all their good defenders to be thrown at him, like Thibault, Danny Green, and a couple others because they're going to come at him in every single way, shape, or form and be like, go ahead, let jo- uh, let Aaron Neesmith or Peyton Pritchard or Rob Williams beat us. We'll deal with that. But this is going to be one of those games where they're going to have to rebound the ball. The bench is going to have to step up and make some shots. And really, they're just going to have to dominate the boards because if you can take Embiid out of the game, that's a good thing because Embiid, the last time the Celtics played the 76ers, Embiid was awful. He was so bad. I mean, it was probably one of the reasons why the Celtics won. It was an ugly game. I think the final score was like 88 to 86 or something like that. And Rob Williams blocked Tobias Harris's shot in the corner to force the game to go into overtime. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough, gritty game. It's gonna be a weird game, depending on all the players. And who knows? The game could get postponed. Like another 76ers player could have COVID. There could be four more Celtics players that have COVID. I don't know. It's so weird. But this game is very important because the Celtics would be two and zero in the season series. And that tiebreaker could be very important down the road, which then means the Celtics would only have to beat the 76ers one other time in two tries in Philadelphia, because the first two games were in Boston, in Philadelphia, to win the series um, tiebreaker, which could be a difference between playing the playing game or not playing the playing game. So it's very interesting. Now, the Cavs on Wednesday night at 730 at the Garden. The Cavs have been playing very well. One of the better teams in the NBA as of late. They've won eight out of their last ten games, and they're currently three and a half games up on the Celtics, and they're third place in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, they won't have Mobley. They won't have Allen. 
and Allen's been ab- Jared Allen's been absolutely terrific this season. I again could be an All Star, like coach's pick type of All Star. But Rob should have a field day in the post. I mean, even Freedom might have a field day in the post too. But you know, Garland is their main scoring option right now. So Marcus and Peyton and Neesmith and whoever else is on the floor is going to have to slow him down. Kevin Love can still get his. Austin off the bench has been great as of late. You know, one of the last times we did play the Cavs, uh, what was it, three, four weeks ago, whatever the case may be, Ricky Rubio lit us up for a shitload of points, so that can't happen again. And then the Bucks game, I don't know. It seems like the Celtics have the Bucks number this year. Um, if, if Giannis doesn't come back because of the COVID protocols, obviously that's a huge advantage for the Celtics. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Then they can put all their focus on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And then, you know, just don't let Grayson Allen and George Hill type of guys, don't let those type of guys beat you. I mean, DiVincenzo's out too with COVID, I think. Like, it's it's crazy the amount of guys that they have out on COVID too. And it could make for a lackluster Christmas Day game. But, hey, if you can win a couple games this week, <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I, I, You know, you want all these teams to be healthy. You want their families to be healthy too. But if the Celtics could be three games above 500 after this week because they've, I don't want to say, handled the COVID situation better than other teams, they've just probably had better luck. I mean, I'll take it. I mean, if the Celtics beat the Bucks, they'll be up 3-0 in the series, in the season series. What? That's not supposed to happen. Not not with this team. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks are nineteen and thirteen, but they are five and five in their last ten games. So, but this week the Celtics just have to stay healthy, keep the ball moving, defend for forty eight minutes, and you can go on a little bit of a run. You you can. There is a possibility for you to take advantage of other teams being in the protocols, which is really messed up to say. But hey, track ten, Usher confession. Uh, yeah, track ten of the Usher confession album. One of the songs is called Truth Hurts. Yeah, that's that's a fact. But that's it for episode 145 of the Banner Bear Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. I really and truly appreciate it. I hope you and your family have a great holiday. Uh, I'll be out with another podcast next week on the 27th, which will be the last one of 2021, which is absolutely insane. We're heading into 2022, and I feel like nothing's really changed over the last two years. Anyways, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Please stay safe. Keep wearing your mask. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.